Welcome to the 50th edition of the Wolves Women podcast. Um, I'm your host, Nick, and today I'm joined for this half-century edition by Tom. Hi, everyone. And Matt. Hello, hello. Um, We've got a lot to sort of run through and discuss, so we'll dive straight in with um, the last game of the season, or last official game of the season. There might be some training matches we're not aware of, but the last official game of the season, um, Counter Cup final, played at a very small, intimate venue, um, which only West Brom fans would dislike. Um, played the Molyneux, the Counter Cup final against Starbridge. Um, first of all, I think credit needs to go to sort of Birmingham County FA and Wolves um, for putting on a great show. Don't you agree, Tom? Yeah, without a doubt. You know, it's a special occasion if you can pair it to, you know, what we had last season um, at the best got and, and to what we had this season. It, it was brilliant. And, you know, the atmosphere and, and everything about it was just class. And, yeah, fantastic from the FA and, and for the club for, for putting on a great show. Yeah, and I mean the attendance was huge, two and a half thousand, over two and a half thousand, um, which dwarfs last season's attendance of eight hundred and eleven. So Matt, it does show that sort of the the two best supported clubs in in certainly this sort of level are Wolves and Starbridge, doesn't it? <laughs> taking a few swipes there, aren't you? <laughs> I'm not making any observations at all. Just... <laughs> yeah, no, it was a it was a great occasion, wasn't it? You know, the um, I, I guess understandably there were a few. Um, little reservations from from fans about it being played at Molyneux and you know all debate can be healthy within reason um but it was a, it was great it, and you knew it was obviously going to get a attractive bigger attendance um to last year it's it's an interesting one on that point you know because I think trying to look at it in, in both ways uh dare I say I I, I almost preferred it at the best Scott last year I thought the, I thought there was a better atmosphere I thought despite the fact you've got that bigger attendance which is arguably more important. Um, I think the Birmingham FA did put on a really good um, event, you know, so, so full credit to that. But the atmosphere was was, was better at the best guard. I thought the atmosphere was actually quite poor, to be honest with you, um, especially compared to the, the Huddersfield game that we got at Molyneux that day, you know, and for a cup final, it did seem eerily quiet, which is what happens when you've got such a small amount in a, in a big stadium. But I'm not complaining that it was at Molyneux. I think it's great, personally, for the... For the fans and more importantly the staff and the players as well, especially to lift a trophy there. And yeah, it was a big event, but I, it's it's something that's always kind of stuck with me with these small crowds in a huge stadium. You know, it, it does make the atmosphere quite muted, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, and I completely understand where you're coming from with that one. I think I, 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 I my sort of immediate sense at the time was actually I thought that the um, the crowd at that last game at Telford against Derby was more raucous and I think it comes from having a group of fans who are there regularly versus um, the, um, I'm trying to figure the right words uh, those who are just turning up for the big occasion um, I think that's yeah where, so therefore you don't and you can't get the crowd going in quite the same way at that point as well um, but I think that comes with building and I think one of the things that really interested me was, and I appreciate either of your views on this, was that that, that was two and a half thousand, more or less, there might be a hundred odd um, tickets that were given away or a hundred or something odd tickets, but that's two and a half thousand tickets that were sold. Um, not 
members or season ticket holders getting in for free at Molyneux for the like with the Huddersfield game. Um, that was actually two and a half thousand sold tickets. Matt, yeah, and and that's the big positive, isn't it? You know, atmosphere aside, you you weren't you weren't going to get two thousand five hundred people if it was at the best Scott or if it was at Telford or somewhere like that. So that's that's the big positive to it, isn't it? You know, it's uh, I suppose it's just the atmosphere. All it does is confirm to me is that you know you, you see some teams in the WSL like Leicester uh, playing all their games at the main stadium, and it, it just confirms to me that I wouldn't want Wolves to do that. You just leave it for leave it for the odd game that you market the absolute hell out of it um, and get a bigger crowd as possible. And and until you're at that point where we're looking at Arsenal getting sixty thousand against Wolfsburg, you know, and I was there for that game and the atmosphere was incredible. And unless you're at that point where you can get bigger tenses like that, it it, it Unfortunately, right now, it just needs to be the odd game, and I know some some uh, female footballers themselves have come out with that with a similar view, haven't they? Yeah, well, Emma Hayes has said similar back for Chelsea. They'd rather play their games at Kings Meadow and have Kings Meadow rocking because it's their stadium than playing a half-empty Stamford Bridge. Um, but hey, there we go. Um, I think we're pleased with sort of what happened. It gives certainly the Birmingham FA and Wolves something to build upon. Um, I think. My big bugbear a lot of the time with Wolves is we don't capitalise on events like this where we've got a mailing list of people who have bought tickets for Wolves women games. Make use of it. Be emailing them then shortly yeah, in the over the closed season about events, Wolves women events coming up. Um, you think that you think that atmosphere, you get those two thousand five hundred people in at Telford then. And that oh. atmosphere that atmosphere is rocking. Yeah. Completely. And that's my point. You've got okay, some yeah, about five hundred of those were Stour fans, give or take. Um, so there's, but there's two thousand Wolves fans there who've paid to come and watch Wolves women. Let's try and get fifty percent of them even down to the Molly, down to New Books Head regularly. And, and you know, and there'll be people who would you couldn't make the New Books Head uh, the Molly game on Tuesday night who do go to the New Books Head, for example. Yeah, my wife and kids couldn't make it, so they were yeah, so they would have been there if it had been on a weekend, for example. Um, yeah, so there's people, plenty of people who could have more made, you know, made it and made it a bigger show as well. So I think there's a real sort of the club have got to capture that data now and make use of it. Come the sort of the the last preseason friendly the the season announcement, the fixtures, etc. Put it into people's inbox. Yeah, you've attended a Wolves women game. Here's next season's fixtures. Start marking them in your diary now, um, and just keep on pumping it. But hey, there we go. Um, moving on to the game, um, I'll just quickly run through the starting eleven, um, and then we'll pick up on 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 that what, what happened on the pitch. Um, Shan in goal, Coops, Morfit, Emma Cross, Tammy George, Jade Cross, Helen Demody, Amber Hughes, Destiny Toussaint, Beth Roberts, and Beth Merrick. I suppose Tom, the big news there is that Naomi Bedo was not available for this game, and therefore. Dropped, you know, she dropped out of the of the team because she was cup tied. Um, that is a bit of a, a a disappointment, isn't it? That she wasn't able to be registered in time uh, when she first joined for, before um, the original F semi final tie against West Brom. Yeah, it is, you know, because Naomi's been in great form um, since joining as well. Um, you know, she's she's got some crucial goals as well. Um, you know, and and defending. Um, in the box, she's been great. So it was a big loss, and to not have her in a final, um, I think it was something on Stoke side, wasn't it? What, what prevented the registration going through? So, 
it wasn't actually Wolves' fault, but ultimately she couldn't play. So, yeah, it was a bit disappointing that, you know, we had her out. Yeah, we understand it was Stoke dawdled on the paperwork, which meant she wasn't registered for the semi-final game at the, on the original date against West Brom and therefore couldn't register be registered for the final, which, yeah, no comments um, about our friends in Stoke. Um I've already annoyed one set of local rivals this today, and I probably shouldn't do another lot. Um, Tammy returned, though, Matt. Um, but were you surprised that some of the also didn't immediately go back into the starting eleven? Yeah, uh, Tammy returned, and I, I don't think "return" is the right word. She marched right out of there, didn't she? With all the sass in the world, I think covered every blade of grass there, crunching tackles, all the energy. You know, you could tell she had um, a couple of weeks off, but. Yeah, I think the summer, uh, the good thing is this year is that it, it mirrors last year in the sense, obviously, summer was available, uh, unavailable right at the end of last season too. But that's where our weaknesses got exposed in midfield, whereas I think right at the end this year, you know, you've you've been without um, out, without summer and you've still got through the Burnley games, the Brighouse games. I know she was, she was back on the bench there, but um, there was always no reason to bring her back in. You see what I mean? Because I think mm-hmm. how well... Laura Cooper has been doing in that position. So obviously I think Summer Holmes then is the better player and that's her that's her position to nail down. But also I think when when, when the team's been doing quite well and was in good form in those last couple of games at the end of the season, um, I think it was quite right, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, we we dominated that first half, didn't we, Tom? Um, and whilst it did take time to... It, it did take us a bit of time to break through and to get that first goal, didn't it? Yeah, it was. You know, Wolves control the play. Um, Stalbridge um, was defending, sitting back um, and trying to hit us on the counter. But, you know, ultimately, thought it was just about finding that first goal um, to unlock Stalbridge and, you know, make Stalbridge have to come out more. And I think, you know, once that, that first goal went in, I think Wolves would have gone on and won it comfortably and, and that's what happened. But it was great play and it says Tammy in midfield. She won that midfield. She was absolutely excellent. And, you know, that, that couple of games off, uh, done of a world of good because yeah, she was absolutely outstanding on the night. Yeah, well, she set up that first goal for Amber, didn't she, Matt? She she broke through and sort of laid off the assist for Amber to get her first first goal for a little well, a first goal of the night. I think that's it. The way Tammy drives forward with the ball, you know, it just gets you started, and then when you've got a clinical finisher like Amber, who we've um, obviously missed over a number of months there, um, both goals. I know we talk about the first one, but um, both goals, you know, excellent finishes and. Just that clinical edge that we've we've missed a little bit that we we got that night against them. Yeah, um, and we carried on trying to break through and get the, the follow up the goals. Um, and Tammy was bursting into the box when um, there was a bit of a coming together with her and one of the the, the Starbridge players wasn't the Tom. Which at first glance, depending on what angle, there'll be arguments whether Tammy would should have got a yellow card or not. I mean, certainly from my angle, I don't think it was. But what was your views on that, Tom? No, I don't think it was yellow. To be fair, I think you know the, it was just coming together, as you say, both players. And for me, you know, I, I don't, I don't think it were a yellow card at all. No, I, I, Matt, I think the the Starbridge fans were were baying for more of a yellow and more, um, the the ref getting a bit more involved and giving more free yeah. kicks. It, it's it's a hard one, isn't it? Because I mean, from where I'm sat, I, you know, too far away to to know, you know, and. It's you, you've got a player like Tammy George there in the team. You know, it, it, it's just a classic thing, isn't it? You know, we, 
you want the better players there to get sent off. You know, it's that thing if, if you're going to have any chance, especially when they know they're playing a, a superior team, like um, as it stands right now. We know Stourbridge are, are a class outfit, but they'll be they'll know the quality Wolves have had from from, from coming second in tier three. So obviously, Stourbridge fans are going to want some of their best players, and, and equally, we, we knew the threats of Stourbridge have. Um, and, and you know, you'd, you'd want their players to to go off at different points. So it's you're going to cry out, aren't you, for for fouls and yellow cards and red cards um, at any moment because it's it's what gives you a better chance in the game. Yeah, and that and sort of following that, there was the the Beth Merrick penalty. Um, I'm going to say claim. I, I, I'll be honest. I think it was a penalty. Tom, have you seen it back since? And what were your views of it at the time? I haven't seen it back since. From what I could see, from where I was sitting, from me. It looked to start more penalty. Um, no, I don't know why it wasn't given. Um, but yeah, without seeing it back, I can't really comment much. But from where I sat and from where I was looking, it, it did look a penalty at the time. Matt, yeah, uh, we've we've had some questionable decisions, haven't we? And um, I think with 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 someone like Beth, I don't think she's really got any reason to to go down. You know, she she backs herself on the ball. She backs herself, then going through on goal. So she's almost got no reason to go down unless there was contact. So we'll we'll leave it. Yeah, um, and then obviously Amber sort of breaks through and gets that second just before half time, doesn't she, Tom? And that makes that sort of settles the nerves. I think because I think it one nil at half time. Starbridge are very much very much still in it with everything to play for. Whereas a two nil, it's a bit more tricky. Yeah, without a doubt, and it changes their team talk as well. Mm. Um, because obviously one nil, they're still in the game. You know, we've still got someone to come out and play for in the second half, but we needed to find that second goal to kill it off. Um, you know, and and it changed Stalbridge's approach in that second half. He had to because, you know, one nil, as you say, still in. They've still got a chance to might heal some counter, but being two nil down may have to come to us and attack us more then, and then it leaves us spaces at the back, and you know. It was brilliant that we, we managed to find it and it was a crucial time as well, you know, right before the break and to get that to an was just perfect for us, a perfect time to score. Yeah, and Matt, in that second half, I mean, we weren't, you know, you could tell it being a long season for both sets of teams, but we were very much professional managing the game through, weren't we? Yeah, it's professional. I, I think we've done it a few times this year. We spoke about the negatives where we gave up two goal leads and stuff and we've also had a handful of games where it's, it's been a very boring second half, but I guess in a good way mm. uh, because we've we've seen the game out. It, it was a bit of a really strange ending to the game. It, it didn't feel like a cup final to me going mm. in there. It, it felt like two teams that have had good seasons are absolutely bloody exhausted, and uh, we're just kind of seeing the game out a little bit, really. Um, and that, that that that's almost how it, it it did feel a bit more like an exhibition match going in towards the end of the game. Um, almost like I think Stourbridge then accepted defeat late on and they didn't really care too much you know they've had big success this year bigger success than what the county cup is and, and I think they were happy with that and everyone was kind of just celebrating a, a good occasion Yeah and then Tom Jade finished off the game nicely scoring at the Molyneux being a Wolves fan that was a special occasion for her wasn't it? Yeah perfect for Jade um, you know I think she would have loved that one Um you know, to get a goal at Molyneux, I think, you know, I think she got one in the last game, didn't she? Or it was a question mm. of whether it was hers or not, or whether it was H's. But yeah, this one, there's no doubt in that 
you know, it's definitely is. And, you know, as a Wolves fan, there's no better feeling is than, you know, scoring a goal at Molyneux, especially in a cup final. And I think that's something which, you know, she'll, she'll remember for the rest of her life. No, definitely. Definitely. I, I mean, I think, yeah, it was a cup. Whilst there was sort of the odd stabbridge chance, Matt, that might have scared us a bit, but I think it was very much a comfortable sort of got the job done performance, wasn't it? I mean, I think you're going to necessarily write home about, but it was there, it was done. Yeah, I think it was the performance you'd like to expect that we would get, you know what I mean? But we've we've had games against Tier 4 opposition, especially teams that uh, have been top off Tier 4. You know, we think Fed's in the in the League Cup last season. Um, and, and we know that it can be a potential banana skin. And we know that Stourbridge are going to give us um, a, a tough game, uh, a tough couple of games next year again. Or maybe more than two if we get the County Cup again. Yeah, and I think that's it, isn't it? I mean, they, they, they clearly demonstrated... You know that they're they're going to be a handful for teams next season. I mean, we ch- talked about it on the last pod with Richard. Um, they're not going to be a, they're not going to be a pushover, are they, Tom? They were clearly they're going to be a clearly good mid-table season team, aren't they? Yeah, without a doubt. Um, you know, I can't see them being in my bottom two. Um, I think what we need to work on is get bring some more players in for depth in the squad depth um, in the summer. But I think they'll do that. Um, and they'll be like a, a big house type of team and it will be they'll be hard to beat, they'll be physical and they will cause a few teams some, some difficulties and I can see them taking points off, off some of the teams at the top um, you know, they're big brigatesque type of team so yeah, I can't see them being in, in any trouble next year, I think they'll be, be comfortable uh, And Matt, they, I mean, I presume you agree with what Tom said there, that sort of principle that sort of mid-table, difficult team to beat brig house-esque but I think they they also earned that the the recognition they got off the Wolves crowd as well last night. Other than that, yeah, it was it was it was nice to see them get that um, standard ovation. You know, obviously they they went over to their own fans first, and then um, they came over and got a nice standard ovation because I think it's it's not necessarily just about that night, but you know, I'd like to think there were enough people in the Wolves end there to to recognise and, and be aware of what Stourbridge have done in Tier Four and to get the back to back to back promotions as well. So it's 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 recognition of that and their successes there and to have local teams kind of climbing up the women's football pyramid like that. And especially when they're, they're not connected to, um, you know, a, a professional men's side in, in, in the upper leagues is, is testament to how well they're doing. And, and hopefully they can stabilise in tier three. I mean, they might be so ambitious and say they want to go to the championship now, in which case fair play, crack on. Not at our expense, mind you, but um, yeah, it'll be good to see them kind of stabilise in tier three because I guess they are an unknown quantity, you know what I mean? They, they could get relegated next year. Um, but I think with all the momentum they've got of winning games, it, it'd be nice to see them actually finish mid-table. I mean, that's my one question around them, uh, and and we won't obviously it's not a Starbridge podcast, but that is my one question. One question mark around them is is if they start to lose games because they're up, at, you know, they've they've overstretched. I say even overstretched, they've just reached that level where they are that tier three that whether there are better teams around them, whether that what impact that has on their squad morale. You know, it's it's good. To, Winning breeds success in that make, and I think that's going to be Stabridge's biggest issue is is how they manage defeats and, and maybe even a couple of heavyish defeats. Not necessarily the twelve nils that Forrest dished out, but a couple of three four nils on the bounce. And what what does that do to your uh, at your training ground on on the you know on a Tuesday afternoon or Tuesday evening when you got back in and it's cold, wet, miserable? Um, you know, mentality wise, that's going to be huge for them. Um. One rumour that did come out of the uh, County Cup final um, 
was a suggestion that's going to be a revamp of it, Matt. I, I, I don't I mean, I presume you heard the same as me, looking at splitting it into two two, two tiers almost of Counter Cup. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's um, if, if that's all true, then you've got to give them credit because we've absolutely hammered them mm. in these podcasts throughout this season. And, uh, you know, I, can't, I commented about the negative aspects of playing it at Molyneux, but the fact that the principle of them playing at Molyneux was good. If, um, it appears they changed the cup with a nice new shiny cup, everything like that, and now potentially reforming the competition. Um, if that means that we play higher quality opposition throughout or enter the tournament later, you know, he's talking about potentially playing um, the development sides of, of, of teams higher up, I suppose, which would be a great opportunity for, for our players. And um, if that means that we get more competitive matches, then that, that's going to grow the game. And, and it, it, it means it's a competition that is still worthy of taking part in because I think deep down, I'll, I'll never ever want to take away from success. And I absolutely love last Tuesday night and lifting the trophy, but there's always that thing of, well, we should be winning this. You know what I mean? Which maybe we can't say about the other competitions, the other cup competitions that we've entered this year. So if that's kind of taken away from us next year and actually we we don't know because there's other teams in higher leagues that should arguably be winning it, then it, it becomes more of a prestigious competition for us to to take part in. Yeah, so as we understand, the the they're going to split it into two, two, two cups or cup and a plate or however they want to describe it, where tiers five and below will compete in one competition and tiers one to four. So we presume the development sides of tiers one and two. So Aston Villa under 23s, Birmingham City under 23s will join Wolves, West Brom, etc. Um, in another competition. Um, so we'll play those, which uh, and sort of rough maths sort of means there's sort of a four teams will play in round one to whittle it down. So you whittle it down to eight teams in total to form the quarterfinals and through you know quarter semi-finals final um tom i mean i presume you you like myself and matt uh would look forward to that sort of development of the cup yeah without a doubt because it needed reforming didn't it you know i think where you know especially in the early rounds when you're beating teams 22 and 23 nil i mean it's it's not great for the opposition is it you know having to suffer them kind of defeat so and it gives now an opportunity for the Teams like Noel, who have, you know, continually been in, um, getting to quarterfinals and never what gives them a chance to, to lift a trophy and, 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 and to win a competition. Um, so yeah, I'm all for it. Um, I think, you know, it's the right thing to do. I mean, we we've called it out on this podcast before we've spoke about it. And hope they probably listened to it and, and took our advice. So thank thankfully, hopefully that we'll we'll get the confirmation of that during the summer and, and we can take the competition forward. My only other suggestion would be perhaps the winner of the the other competition is promoted up into the the top tier, the cup. You know, if it's a plate, calling it a cup and a plate, the winner of the plate gets promoted up into the cup the following season. So they they have a chance to compete against some of the the bigger teams. Just you know, as that part and parcel that prize, that'd be the only other thing. Because otherwise, you could well see a team that just dominates it. But that'd be a conversation to have for a later stage. Well, that wraps up. That does wrap up the last sort of game of the season. Um, the fight, the the only other bit of business that we had to wrap up was the April Player of the Month. Um, it was a bloody tight battle. I tell you what, we uh, yeah the, the the bit of behind the scenes gossip, the the group chat was watching the votes coming in and sort of the the, the percentage changing and watching, wondering whether we're going to have our f- first joint winner again this this month. Um, but Matt, 
um, with 47% of the vote, Naomi did walk away with the April Player of the Month award. It was a it was an excellent choice by the fans, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and she was she was my personal choice as well. I think to come in, make your debut there um, in that Molyneux fixture against Huddersfield, I believe it was, and mm. and then and then play so well. You know, our only disappointing result in April was that Derby game, and that was a clean sheet. So she did her job. Um, so to, to 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 come in, um, and she's she's been an absolute rock, hasn't she? And it she gives me a lot of confidence going forward. You know, we we seem to have we seem to have settled now in that new formation, and Naomi's a big part of that. And um, what a lovely finish against Brighouse on the last day yeah. as well. Yeah, Tom, it was an excellent finish against Brighouse, wasn't it? Wasn't it? And you know, it, she is very much settled into the back four. Yeah, it was a great goal. Um, and I agree with what what Max just says. I think that you know she's been a rock, and it's not easy coming into a team, um, especially near the end of a season, which she has. But she's coming, she's settled, and and she's looked like she's been here all season. You know, mm. it, it's she just settled in so easily, and she's got some crucial goals. She's been solid at the back, and yeah, it's just she deserves that. I think you know the fans have recognised it. You know, I think you know and Beth took her all the way, but I think, you know, ultimately I think the right person um won it. And I think, you know, yeah, she's been absolutely stunning since she should come in and through some awesome performances. I mean that goal, as you said, at, at Big House was was brilliant because we we used to see Naomi score from in from headers usually when she scores. Um but you know that that was a great one into into the top corner. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think uh, she seems to be bond yeah, you know, sort of gelling and getting on with all the players as well, which is uh which is really pleasing. I know um so I presented it with her, no perks, and uh, Mac who were really pleased with her because they were stood around watching get it, get it present get it presented to us. So uh, yeah, so congratulations, Norm, and uh, here's a few more games next season as well, and maybe a few and hopefully a few more goals. Um, moving on to some of the bits and pieces of news before we do we sort of look into the end of season, start the end of season review. Um, Andy Jones, AJ, as many will know him, has announced his departure from the club. He was obviously one of the first team coaches. And has left after two years with the team, Matt. I mean, we we don't. I mean, Bar sort of Hugh and Macca with sort of the, the a lot of the coaching staff sort of uh, do take a back back seat. But AJ is one of the ones we've seen around and has been sort of very supportive of all the players this last sort of couple of seasons, hasn't he? Yeah, it's, it's a shame we don't we, we 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 don't kind of get that that same insight maybe we get on their backgrounds and, and things like that in the same way we get with some of the players. But obviously, yeah, they're, 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 a lot of them become familiar faces, haven't they? And um, to be at the club, he had that two-year spell that we've been very good. And you could see the rapport he's got with the players, I think, in that final against Starbridge, um, when we scored that second goal as well. So, all the best to him. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that as well. And Tom, I presume you echo, like myself and Matt, that, that's, you know, all the best to AJ and wherever he ends up, I'm sure, you know, he, you know he's he's once a wolf, always a wolf, isn't it? Yeah, um, it's sad to see him go because obviously I think, you know, as Matt says, you know, he's got that report with the players and, you know, he's highly rated by Macca as well, Um, you know, from what I've seen on social media with what he's been saying. So, yeah, it's going to be a big loss for the club and it'll be interesting to see who or if they do replace him and who comes in to replace him. But, yeah, I wish him all the best um, wherever he ends up in the summer. Yeah, and just uh, sort of... Not only have the first team played their, their their last game, but also the reserves played their last game. They um, lost against Sporting Calcer 4-3 um, with Darcy Cartwright, Amy Hare and Daisy Wickett all getting on the score sheets. Um, three of the youngsters we've seen around quite a bit, isn't it, Matt? Those three? 
Yeah, yeah, we've seen a few breakthrough like Darcy as well in that that game against Noel. So it feels like with the reserves, uh, there's been different priorities this year, isn't it? Not necessarily about how we do in the league itself, but more about the individual development of those players. Hence why we see the reserves maybe weakened a little bit because they're actually going out and getting that experience in in the in the big leagues, which is which is probably better for them. And maybe there's a few questions about what we do with the reserves going forward. No, definitely. I mean, they finished fifth out of 11 teams this season, Tom. I mean, they were 19 points behind first place, Derby, but they were 14 points ahead of six, um, which if I remember right, it was Starbridge. Um, so comfortably top five. So, But I think, if I remember rightly, they lost a big chunk of their team last season that had sort of won the title. So it's almost a, a new team started up again. Um, so we'll give them a, sort of a bit of a fresh challenge there. And as Matt said some loanee, some players going out on loan. Yeah, obviously that's going to have an effect, isn't it? You know, we, we lost quite a big um, amount of players last season, and you know, ultimately, you know, res- reserve football or youth football is not about winning. Ultimately, it's about progressing the players, and I think Matt's got to be first and foremost. And I think Wolves are doing the right thing in in letting them go out to tier four, tier five, and and get that um, experience of first-team football because that's where they develop. And I think, you know, we spoke about it before, reserves leagues can only do so much to help develop a player and ultimately sometimes you have to send them out on loan to, to the bigger clubs to gain that first-team experience for them to progress even more as a player. And that's what it's ultimately about. So, you know, results are not not important. It's about progressing players and, and bringing them through to the first team and, you know, hopefully seeing some of the young uns come through, through at Wolves which we have done in, in the past few years, haven't we? So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, let's let's be honest. We've had KJ, we've had Leo, um, we've got Sky out on loan. Poppy Irvine came and did, sort of was around the squad this last season. Um, and obviously Amy Hare as well, and, and like Daisy Wickett and Hannah Sparks are in and around the, the squad. I mean, we'll have a bit more of a deep dive into the reserves in sort of upcoming pods and sort of what our thoughts are about how, you know, sort of the future of some of those players and, and where we see and how we see them sort of developing. Um, but I think you're right there, Tom. It's spot on. It's about developing as players as much as winning the games. And you look, you sometimes learn more about how they react from a loss than you do from necessarily from them winning. Certainly where you're, if all they're doing is steamrolling teams in that league, then actually it proves that they're not, you know, that's the wrong league for them to be playing in and actually playing teams where they're having to battle and having to try hard is better for them. It's more beneficial. Um, and there you go. That's me off my coach soapbox as well. Um, that does bring us to the end of the first part of this podcast. Um, we'll be back after the break. We'll be looking more at sort of the, the end of season, a few stats and bits and pieces and uh, overall discussion on our performances as well as then personal highlights as well. Catch you after the break. Welcome back to this edition of the Wolves Women Podcast. And as we start our end of season review, what we'll do is first of all was we'll just have a look at our performance in the three cups, get a bit of a sort of feel about it, and then look at the league um overall performance and discuss sort of where it went wrong, where it went right, and a few bits and pieces around it, and then also just look at some of the stats. Um, first of all, starting out on the the, the most recent cup, the counter cup. Um I mean, obviously, it's hugely successful, Matt, wasn't it, winning? But 
I think you know we we noticed over the this last season we've had a harder run than we did the year before. Would you argue that it's the hardest run possible that we could have had realistically? Uh, yeah, I mean, some could say that having Stourbridge in the slightly earlier round semi-finals or or quarter-finals, and then West Brom again in the final. But I would never go as far to suggest that the fixtures um, <laughs> are drawn out in a particular way. Maybe, but I think I maybe wanted to avoid Wolves West Brom again just so it wasn't a repeat of last year's final. I don't know. I'm not going to go in that direction. But yeah, it was, it was a tougher run and it seemed to coincide with a lot of criticism on social media about how easy our run might have been. So, interesting. Yeah, but but Matt, I mean, think at the end of the day, you've got, uh, Tom, the, the teams of Tom, Tom the, the Wolves got to win the games that are put in front of them and they could have just uh, turned up with an attitude or, you know, certainly against the likes of Noel and West Brom in the semi-final of this will be easy and, and, and they'll just roll over and have their bellies tickled and, and, Wolves could have been come up, you know, had a comeuppance, but they didn't. Did they turn up and did the job? Yeah, exactly. You know, as you say, you know, we can only beat the teams what what are there, what what are in front of us. And I think you know we all know that Noel is a tough test. I think you know we've played them the last few years and we've always been, you know, tough, especially you know at their place with, with the pitch as well. There is not great for us to play on, is it? Uh, with a bubble, um, but yeah, I think we've had probably the toughest test this season compared to last season. I think, you know, um, even playing, you know, West Brom in the semi-final, I think, you know, whether they've done that to split it so it's not the same final as last year and then, you know, having an even harder test in, in the final against Arbridge. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, Wolves have had the hard, hard running to get there, but ultimately, you know, I think it's competition that, you know, at the start of the season, we all thought we'd win. And ultimately, you know, that that's happened. Yeah, and just to put that into context, um, there's two there's three tier three teams um at this season um in that competition, and we played two of them and we're the third one. Um and when we played one of the three tier four teams um in the semi in, you know, in the final, um and realistically bar sort of the two earlier rounds and and said one of those was against Noel, who are no pushovers. Um yeah, we, we didn't have particularly easier rounds. When you look at Starbridge had Burton in the semi-final, uh, who were tier five, but gives a bit of context to it. Um, let's move on to sort of the more, comp- so, I say more competitive, but the, the probably more tougher overall competition. League Cup semi-finalists this season compared to sort of quarter, uh, fourth round, third round last season. Uh, overall, I think it's, you know, it was, we didn't turn up for the semi-final, did we, Tom? But I think, you know, overall, it's a, a good cup run. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, I think when I spoke to Matthew, it's a bit the um, aim was to get to the semi-final. And I think we got there. We've done that. I think, you know, when you, when you do get to a semi-final, you know, it's always a little bit disappointing when, you know, you come so far and, and to, to reach a final and then you fall at the last hurdle. Um, but ultimately, you know, we achieved what we wanted to achieve. Um, you know, we got there, and you know, next year I think it'll be to go that one step further and 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 to get to the final, and we try we try hope we do. Um, but overall, yeah, uh, we we had a decent run, and and we got to the semi final, and we played a a tough team. Um, in Watford, who obviously went on to 
to, to win the Southern League. So, yeah, I, I can't complain. I think it was a decent running. Matt, anything else to add on the League Cup? I'm I'm going to be that one. Um, I think I think publicly they might have they might come out and say, yeah, okay, semi final, we've done better than last year, you know. But we're going from the same the same manager who um, last year was talking about having to stay safe and getting the the minimum amount of points required to avoid relegation. Yeah, uh, I think I think in that dressing room after what the day they wanted to win that cup. And I think if you're if you're going for the title in tier three, then you've got to feel confident that you could win the cup as well. I'm not going to say it's a failure then, because to win that cup, you're you've got to beat teams that are semi-pro. Um, mm. so it's not a failure because just like with the playoff last year against Southampton, you you've got to beat those teams, and that's that's a hard task to do. So it's not a failure, but do I feel that they would have been happy with a semi-final and would they have set out for a semi-final? I can't see that. I think they were they were in a cup competition as one of the best teams in tier three, and I'm sure they wanted us to win it, and us as fans wanted us to win it. So I personally was disappointed, and I, I think they would have been too, even if it was just privately. Yeah, I mean, I think certainly I, I would be expecting next season that a minimum a minimum achievement in that 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 competition has got to be, and we'll obviously discuss next season a bit more in detail when we get there. But I think realistically, it's got to be minimum achievement of next season is semi finalists, isn't it? Really, and and that's. That's the minimum we'll accept, and obviously, you know, it, it, I think for me, what was more galling, what made it a bit more galling, was that Forest beat them, and we've beaten Forest beat Watford, and we've beaten Forest twice, and we haven't just scraped past them either, you know. And Watford took Forest, and, and I think that I think that's why we 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 would have set out to win the competition, and I think we would next year. You know, you, you don't see in the WSL Man United or somebody saying, oh. You know, a Man United happy that they got to the final against Chelsea in the FA Cup final. You know, they're, they're devastated that they lost. So, yeah. I think that's really, you know, he'll be protecting the players there and, and, and looking at the positives in it in, from the public angle. But actually, I think that they obviously wanted to win the competition. Yeah. Uh, and interesting you mentioned the FA Cup there because that does take us quite nicely on to, doesn't it, Tom, to, to our FA Cup performance. Fourth round exit against WSL before, uh, opponents. Um we did sort of in the margins work out that uh, West Ham's last win um, this season was against Wolves. So we've obviously jinxed their, the rest of their season, um, haven't we, Tom? Yeah, um, we have by the sounds of it. Um, but yeah, there's no shame in going out to WSL position. And, you know, we held our own as well for most of the game. Um, you know, it was only a, a 2 0 defeat. And that just shows that the gap is closing. You know, the gaps closing between, you know, championship to WSL and, and where we are, because, you know, we, we're ultimately trying to get into that championship now. I mean, you know, we do deserve to be there. Um, but, you know, ultimately, you know, it hasn't worked this season. But, yeah, to go out to WSL opposition, was no shame in it. And I think, you know, we've done well on the day. And, you know, that's what I wanted. I think, you know, a glamour tie, a, a WSL opponent at home as well, where they could get a bumper crowd in. And it was a special day, wasn't it? So, yeah, but it, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the game. And I think, you know, hopefully more of the same next season. Yeah, it, that's got to be the sort of the aim again. It's fourth round next season, isn't it? And sort of get that... That big, big name in, Matt. Yeah, yeah. To get into the fourth round, playing against WSL side and being competitive—that that is the equivalent of winning the FA Cup for us, isn't it? And that's exactly what we achieved this year. I think we were all disappointed last year when we kind of went out a bit prematurely and we could have placed Man City 
in the fourth round last season. So to to get West Ham at home, to get a big crowd in, buzzing atmosphere, and then actually to to go toe to toe with them, you know, that was that was an incredible day, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's something we want to obviously replicate next year. Obviously, you have a couple of easier ties to get there, um, but then the Newcastle away game that that's a real banana skin. And mm-hmm. uh, I know I know you were there, Nick, and we. we, we it, I think that some people said the scoreline flattered us a little bit, but five one in any game is a is a is um, a big achievement, isn't it? We ripped Newcastle to pieces. Newcastle will be a, were a good, um, or certain Newcastle last season, this season just gone would be a good um, mid-table tier three team, but they they weren't good. Yeah, we we dominated them and took and and they let Beth Merritt do the same thing twice. Um, I mean that's my you know I, we've seen it time and time again when Beth Merritt cuts in, and to have her do it once to you. And then let her do it to you again, um, and I think they they knew they were well beaten because that's why the frustration where they let, let yeah where their players decided it'd be a good idea to try and um, lash out at Beth. Um, and I think to be perfectly honest, I think if we'd had, um, I mean Tammy obviously went off at that game as well with a broken wrist. Um, I, I think we could have carried on and got put another couple of goals past them um, because I think I'm trying to remember who somebody else went off injured in that game as well. Now I can't remember. But I think we 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 dominated them, um, and Beck Thomas pulled off two penalty saves as well. Pulled off a penalty save, and then they had to retake, and then was forced to redo it all over again as well. So it's not like, yeah, you know, sort of Newcastle didn't have their opportunities. We were just the the better team on the day, um, and I think we should be, yeah, that it was it had that opportunity to be a slip up, uh, as you said, Matt, because there's what fifteen hundred, uh, a bit less than that. I think there's thirteen hundred. Geordie's there, and fifty. Wolves fans, and um, yeah, they weren't best impressed that we um, taught them a footballing lesson, but there you go. But no, I think, it, it, certainly for me, I think it was a good cup run. I think next time, I think, you know, if we get sort of similar teams, then that'd be great, another great occasion. Um, and I think that's the key, is, is keeping on progressing. It'd be nice to have got a slightly easier tie championship team, personally, in the fourth round, um, just to get a bit closer measurement, where we're more likely to go for it as well, rather than WSL, where we might be more, be more defensive going up. Yeah, I suppose the, the argument is that we got Blackburn, didn't we, in the cup then, and you're, you're still more likely to lose that game. So I was kind of itching for that WSL game. And I don't think it could have gone much better, really. Obviously, you can say that we'd win the game, but I think given that uh, Fylde, I think, lost 11-12-0 to Villa on the same day, I think mm. Leeds in Tier 4 had nine put past them by Arsenal, if I remember right. It's, yeah. It felt like we won that day. You know, it was, it was such a good performance. I thought it was it was outstanding, really. Yeah. Um, now let's look at the the league. Um, obviously, sort of the 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 headline that everyone will take is we finished second to Forest on goal difference. Forest had nineteen more goals than us. But Tom, I think there's a, something to sort of I don't know whether it's something positive to take or is a bit of a kicker that we obviously beat Forest twice and still didn't win the league. Um, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's frustrating, isn't it? Um, you know, when you beat the champions. Um, home and away, and um, you don't ultimately go on to win the league. It is, yeah, it's a bit frustrating. Um, and to lose it on the way we did as well on goal defense, I think it makes it even more frustrating in a way. Um, but ultimately, you know, there that goal difference was made up by three big results for Forest, where you know, that you look at Balmere and you look at the, the filed result where I think we get 11 or 12 against. 
against Fylde. So ultimately, that them goals coming in a in a mad three game spell for them, and you know that that's what made the difference in the end. So yeah, it, it, it's frustrating, but we we we're competing at the top now constantly, and I think you know we beat Forest time and away, and I hopefully you know next year we can do it again, and hopefully you know we've got one further next year and actually win the league. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I think it's just uh, it's just worth looking at some of the, the figures around that as well. Um, so look at points per game. Last season, we had 2.45. Uh, let me just double check that. Uh, I think we were on 2.45 points per game last season and we're on 2.46 this season. Um, and make sure I've got that the right way around. Um and and yeah, that was on a twelve game season, or this was on a twelve team season. Obviously, where where we've done sort of where we are. Um, see, sorry, take it back. Two, yeah, two point four six last season and two point four five this season. Um, so we're but two point four six was on a 13, 13 team league. Um, so once you sort of bring that down to a twelve team league by removing sort of the bottom team, that was two point four one last points per game last season. So in theory, Matt, we we've actually sort of got more points per game this season, if that makes sense with my maths. Yeah, and the, and the irony is is that you know we've we've lost out on the league this year, and it's a very similar points per game, uh, and and a tougher league. Yeah, I'm not sure many uh, disagree with that. So uh, with the teams that came up, compared to the teams getting relegated, um, with Forest and Burnley strengthening to to beat Forest um, twice, just as we did last year, but again a much tougher Forest this year. To beat Burnley away in that time to um to beat the likes of Brighouse twice who we who we didn't beat in the games last year that those solid mid table teams um so weirdly enough it was a it was a better season in terms of performances and results against some of those tougher more stubborn and, and quality sides um but the difference this year is, is we had Derby and Fold kind of glued to us for a while and they fell away. You know, we we had that three horse title race going right through to the end this time, and, and we slightly just missed. Yeah, and it's interesting as well because um, um, talking woes have done their their various stats analysis, and uh, so I'm stealing their stats on this one. Um, our points per game for um, away fixtures was two point eight two. We were the best in the whole of the FA Women's National League with ten wins out of eleven this season. Um, we only drew one game, and Tom, I don't know if you can remember which was the one game that we drew this season away from home. Oh wow, um, can't remember now. Um, it was a nice sunny day in August. It was. Oh yeah, it was bold, wasn't it? On the opening day. Yeah, Feds on the opening yeah. day. So that was so that was the one fixture we dropped points in away from home. So I mean that's that says something for me, Matt, about this team. Um, uh, uh, that the fact they've didn't they didn't lose at all away from home this season. Yeah, that that that's really impressive, isn't it? Um, to to be unbeaten with with some of the quality of teams that that we've got in there in, in our division, and who'd have thought it when we were there on that first day that that would be the one time we dropped points. We we were thinking we might have a bit of a hangover here from losing the playoff last year, and actually, especially away from home, it was um. We were quite formidable, whereas we probably saw it the other way last year in the CKW in particular. Yeah. Go on, Tom. Yeah, and that game as well, I think, you know, it was coming off off the back of a, a disjointed pre-season, wasn't it? Obviously, mm-hmm. with Mac coming back late as well. And I think, you know, if we'd have had a proper 
full season with Maka here throughout, I think, you know, that opening game might may have been different. And I think, you know, we, we possibly would have won it. But, you know, to go unbeaten through a away campaign throughout Tier 3 is, is a brilliant achievement, isn't it? You know, I don't think many teams will go up. Well, we're the only team, aren't we? I don't know if it's Southern, if there's any in the Southern what's gone away. But to be unbeaten for the whole of a season away from home is amazing. So... Well done to the girls, um, and I hope that that, that way form continues next season as well, and we go on to lift the trophy. But yeah, as I say, you now if we had a proper season, I think we'd have win the Feds game. Yeah, uh, and just look at the home form then as well, where we had two point zero nine points per game, which was third in our division, um, six in tier three, and seventeenth out of the seventy teams in um, the FA Women's National League. I mean, that's not a bad return, you know, two, just over two points a game. It, it isn't a bad return, is it, Tom? No, it's not, um, to be fair. I mean, you know, we, we're matching up there with, with, with some of the top teams or we're in and around them with, with points per goal off, um, points per game at home. But I, I do think that, you know, I think that we do need to make our home much more of a fortress. You know, our away record has been great. But I think a couple of times this season, at home, where where we have been disappointing, and I don't know whether that's um, a hangover effect from moving um, from the CKW to Telford or what. But I think you know next season, I think that Macca will want to make um, New Books at a fortress, and I think you know we will want to replicate that away form at home as well. Yeah, I mean, Matt, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Is there an impact do you think that they're for moving from uh, CKW up to New Books Head? I think that they've said it themselves, haven't they, in, in the post-match interview. So, you know, I, I can't disagree with that. They're, they're the ones on the pitch. So if they feel it's it's had an impact on them in that sense, then, then, then absolutely. Um, I, th- I think the other part is last year, we're coming up as a newly promoted side. Um, teams maybe don't sit back as much when they're playing us away. Uh, whereas this year, they, they, were, they were playing the league champions and they, they knew our quality. They... A lot of the teams had seen it the previous year. So we did have a lot of teams sitting back that we found harder to break down. Then, obviously, the consequence of having a few injury problems like that makes it more difficult. And naturally, those teams are going to defend in that deep block when they're playing us at Telford and maybe don't defend so deep when we're playing them away. So I'd, I'd, I'd imagine that's probably a bigger one than blaming maybe pitch things. But I get it. Things like pitch dimensions, if that's bigger than CKW now, they're the experts on this because they're they're the ones on the pitch and, and, and training. So they'll know if that has a bigger impact. But I, I do think the tactical one is is probably a big has a big say in it. No, definitely. Um and obviously it was at CKW where we lost the filed and or dropped points against Stoke, wasn't it, Tom? Where uh, those are the two games realistically where it went wrong, isn't it? Yeah. Um for me, I think it was a Stoke game. Um but ultimately, no, it has cost us. I think, you know, there is a, in the second half, um, if it was 2-1 up at the time, mm. and there was an opportunity to get 3-1 off, I, I don't know if it was Maz or H, one of them struck it and it hit the bar. And you think, you know, if that goes in, it's game over. You know, it's 3-1 and we, we've got the comfortable lead. But, you know, it come off the bar and, and you know, it, it affected back out. And then there were small margins. And I think, you know, at the end, it cost us with... I think it was right at the end, a 90 plus sixth minute equaliser from Stoke. And, 
you know, I think that was the night that, you know, ultimately has cost us a title. I think, you know, if we win that game, you know, we'll, we'll win the title. So, I mean, more, it's more of a style game than, than the fold, what was the plan to prepare. But, you know, it was just hard to take that night. And I think, you know, it still haunts us um, to this day, to be fair. Yeah. Matt, anything to add on that one? No, 100% agree. I think... Uh... It's easy to say, okay, if we beat Derby 1-0, we'd probably go on to win the title. But then we never know if we were going to crack under pressure against Burnley or Brighouse then, knowing it was in our hands. You know, it's it's all hypotheticals then, isn't it? But I think if coming three days after we beat Forest in that game where we were buzzing, thinking, okay, we're, we're now potentially going to put ourselves into pole position for the title here. We've, you know, by delivering a crushing blow to Forest to then do that three days later, I, I agree. That was, that, that was the moment, I think, personally, ourselves, we all said we thought that's when we... We threw it away. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we lost Amber Hughes. I mean, and just to put that some of the context into this, so we lost Amber in in December, just at the belt, just before the Christmas break in the Balmere County Cup game. Um, she is this season's league goal scorer uh, with twenty goals in all competitions. Um, she scored by my reckoning twenty five goals last season. Um, so that is it's the fact that she pretty much she scored eighteen of those goals before the. Christmas break. Uh, sorry, she scored seventeen of those goals before Christmas, and then topped it up with another three after on a return in sort of four games. Tom, that says a lot about Amber, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And she was a big miss. I think you know, if you, as I say, you know, if you go back to them games that we lost or, or drew Stoke in that game, her bit of quality could have made a difference. You know, she was a massive loss, and I think she would have gone on to, to break last season's record. She would have done that about four months that she was out. I mean, she what was five goals off yeah. um, the record. And, and in that time, she would have scored more than five goals, without a doubt. And ultimately, you know, it's big players like that. When I mean, we've been unlucky with injuries all season, haven't we? You know, Maz has been out. Um, you know, we've had, we've had injuries happen. And, you know, Tammy with a broken wrist as well, again, she missed. And, yeah, ultimately, you know, Amber was, Amber was the one for me. Her quality up front in times, I think, in that fall game, we we really missed it at home. Um so ultimately for me, you know, I think if we kept Amber fit all season, I think I think we we we, we would have wanted on to, to to clinch a title. I really do. I think that that was the difference. And then and she it's more margins, but ultimately I think, you know, if we had a we would have we would have won the title. Yeah, Matt, it's pretty much she's got twenty goals in twenty starts. Um and certainly if you start if you discount the sort of the the, the Derby game where she came on and the 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 Balmain game where she went off that is it's pretty much a goal a game she played in. It's Amber Hughes versus Erling Haaland for overall golden boot here, isn't it? I definitely I, my my money's Amber Hughes as well. Um, and and just out of curiosity, I did notice she was picked in one of the uh, Cov United team of the season, a all time greats team as well recently as well. So it's she's respected across the leagues. Um, yeah, I mean, talking goals, it's really interesting because obviously, um, I mean, you guys know the answer to this, but so I don't know why I'm asking you this, but do you think, you know, noting Macca's comments, do you think we scored more or less goals this season? Matt? Um, I actually don't know. Am I like, I, I feel like I'm missing something. <laughs> oh, you obviously didn't quite read the notes I sent you. There you go. Have we no, scored I've more not, goals? I've, I've not done my homework. Have we scored more goals this season than last season? There you go. There's the question. No. Tom, I think we've scored more, haven't we? We've got 128, is it, this 100. season and yeah. 103 last season? 
Yeah, there you go, Matt. You said 128 goals this season, 3.56 goals per game. Um, and even I think that's the other thing is, well, Matt, it, it, you we could remove the the 19 goals from that early County Cup game and still would be um would be respectable, wouldn't it? And, and last season we put nine past Bedworth in one of the early County Cup games. We just needed those 19 goals to come in a league game instead of against Chelsea Colts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's ironical, isn't it? Um, one of the interesting things, because obviously there were 20 goal scorers this season for Wolves, but some, I, I, I found it really interesting there was no own goal scored against Wolves this season. Yeah, scored on Wolves' behalf this season. That I found really impressive that we, that no one's managed to, no, no um, opposition players managed to bungle it into their own net. Useless information, but quite interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it is, because, you know, we see quite a few times that, you know, deflections happen. Um, you know, from set pieces and, and on goals happen, but yeah, you know, we haven't had any go in this season, so yeah, it's a quite of a, a strange stat, isn't it? Bit yeah. rude, so you got you Matt, know, that's a bit rude, really, and it just helps us out a bit, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, and I think, um, the top five goal scorers towards this season, um, all got uh, all in double figures and between them scored 73 goals. Um, I will do the. Can you guess the top five goal scorers? So I'll do it one at a, one at a time. Uh, Tom, you can go first. Well, obviously Amber's top in G. Yeah. Uh, Matt. Ooh. Uh, Bethel Destiny. Is it one of those two? One of those two is. It, well, they're both yeah. in the top five. Which one do you reckon second oh, then? Beth. Not quite. Destiny is second on sixteen goals. Always the other one, isn't it? Yeah, they uh, got um, Tom. Who do you reckon's third? It's got to be Beth Merrick, isn't it? Beth Merrick is third on 15 goals, literally one goal in between wow. the two of them. Who's third? Who's fourth then, Matt? Yay, no, oh, come on. <laughs> She's in the top five. I will give you that. You're helping Tom out here with giving him the next <laughs> one, but she's not four. Yeah, fourth. Um, who's fourth? Um, I'm gonna. Uh, I don't think you're gonna get it, I'm guys. Gonna go, I'm, I'm gonna go, go on. more because of oh, the, the Tom, Tom, you've just hit it out of the park. Anamorphic is fourth league goal scorer for Wolverhampton Wanderers Women's this season with 12 goals. There you go. All those penalties. Uh, all yeah. those penalties. Yeah, we they might not have game. gave us all those own goals, but they gave us all the penalties. <laughs> <laughs> and, we miss, and we should have had two more bloody penalties as well. Yeah. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, and yes, Jade Cross is uh, fifth with 10 goals this season. So, yeah. So there we go. Um it, it, I, mean, I think one what that does show is is that whilst yes we missed Amber and huge goals number of goals there, actually the 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 rest of the team were chipping in because then there's quite a few got you know people on sort of high single figures just behind them as well. So you know and just to put that into context, I mean uh, Ali's on eight, uh, Tam, uh, Tammy and Dicko are both on seven. I mean KJ's got five by herself. Um, so yeah, there's and she's played most of the time in defence. So I think there's there's quite a few other goals around there that have cropped up. Um, so that's really that is a real positive. I think this season is the the goal different the goals being scored have come from other departments or, or the players. Isn't that right, Matt? 
Yeah, yeah, and I think if you if you and we didn't win the league, but if you want to win the league and we we're thinking ahead to next season, you know, you've you've got to spread those goals around the pitch because injuries do happen, as we saw with Amber there. So the the more other people can kind of take the burden off that one player, the, the better. Yeah, but then we've also got to look at the other end of the pitch, haven't we? And sort of clean sheets. Um, this season we had seventeen altogether um, and 10 in, specifically in the league. I mean, that's down on last season where it was 15 in the league and 19 altogether. Um, I think that's, I think that's uh, links back into, I th- I'd argue that Matt, that sort of, whether it's specifically the move to Telford or some of that sort of uh, tactical behaviour by play by other teams at Telford. Um, I think there is a, that, that is a, ha- obviously had an impact, hasn't it there? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and it's it. I think you've got teams that obviously that were, are going to be that little bit brave, and then they'll sit in deep, but then also want to pull off a bit of a a bit of an upset against us, won't they? Knowing we were the league champions, so you've got teams then in that in that moment where if they've kept it tight at half time, only a goal or two in it, they're going to come out a little bit more confident and, and, and try the best. Yeah. Um... Interestingly, we have a similar number, Tom, to, to of clean sheets to Forest. So Forest had eleven clean sheets at home. Uh, sorry, eleven league clean sheets all season. So we're not far off where Forest were as well. No, we're not. Um, you know, and it's it's small margins, isn't it? At the end of the day, but I do think that you know Wolves w- wasn't happy um, with the clean sheet record this season. I think you know Maka made it publicly, didn't he? He said it publicly, didn't he? Um, you know, that where from where it was last year, Wolves pride themselves on, on keeping clean sheets. So, you know, yeah, it's disappointing that you know we haven't kept as many as last season. Um, but ultimately, you know, Wolves did improve because early on in the season we can we was conceding a lot from set pieces, and that's what what costing us ultimately. And I think since then, you know, Maka and you and we've really worked on the training field and, and we've seen we've seen it work. And you know, recently we have been stronger defensively and we have been keeping um clean sheets. Um, you know, we know we conceded from a set piece at, at Burnley. Um, but you know, we recovered from that. And you know, but ultimately, yeah, they have improved over the season with it. But I think it was early on where, you know, we was conceding too many from set pieces. Yeah, interestingly though on that one as well. Oh, interesting on the sort of the, the I mean goals conceded in total last season were 0.74. Um whereas this season we're 0.81 across all games. I mean that's 21 games in total. But we had the tightest defence in the league, Matt, with only 17 conceded in the league against um, our friends in sort of in the red and white stripes of, uh, in the red and white forest who conceded uh, one more goal than us. It's interesting, isn't it? Because we, we're saying that we also scored more goals than last year too um, and then had the, the tightest defence. But uh, this is how it happened. It comes down to, we, we can read all the stats or we won't, can't we? But it comes down to some of those individual games and, uh, there's teams that don't win the league after they've won a game seven nil because they've lost the next game two nil, and it's it's it comes down to those individual game moments, I think, rather than the, the kind of cooking all the numbers up. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I think it just provides good context for that as well. Um, and we one thing just to note is we even with not making it to the playoff final, we played more games this season than last season. We played with the cup runs, so we played thirty six games this season. Compared to 34, which I think did have an impact in the end on that um, counter cut final. Um, interestingly, with the the sort of the move away from um, or move to Telford, the average league attendance, not included the the Molyneux game, 
was 497, which was a 21% increase on last season. And when you include the Molyneux, which took us up to 800, it was a 33% increase. I mean, Tom, that, that move to Telford seems to be paying dividends in the stands, doesn't it? Matt, can you jump in? Yeah, yeah. It's a, I guess it's an overall better match day experience, isn't it? Um, you know, I, I love the CKW, um, but it's you've got a better match day experience there. So when people come once, they know it's comfortable. They can come again. You have got the factor of the Euro success last summer, which we know all up and down the country has has contributed to to much bigger attendances in, in some cases, um, and also Wolves' own success last season. Um, so they had something compared to twelve months prior, where we were obviously in lockdown. And the seasons were getting aborted at Christmas time and before that. And um, they had something to kind of look back on and go, oh, yeah, I want a bit of that. So, um, yeah, really promising to see that that go up 21% and hopefully it'll keep on keep on going up and we get closer to the, the West Ham kind of attendances that we saw at, at Telford um, on a more regular basis. Yeah, go on, Tom. Yeah, I was just uh, one mic before I was in, I couldn't get it off. Um, yeah, but ultimately, you know, it's back off the success of last season. Um, I think, you know, in the Euros in the summer, you know, and it's great to see that, you know, our attendance has risen, um, you know, that we're getting more fans down. And I think, as you said earlier, you know, if they, if Wolves can use the um, emails, those who brought tickets um, for Wolves women games at Molyneux this summer, send emails out and try and let's try and get at least a thousand um, next season. Uh, Book said, uh, and, you know, if we can do that, you know, that, that'll be fantastic attendance in tier three because I think, you know, some championships clubs don't get that, do they? And, you know, so, yeah, it's all about building and I think, you know, Wolves have got to look at it now. It was interesting to see that, you know, is it for the County Cup that actually Telford um, was sending emails out and uh, mm-hmm. not Wolves. So, I think, you know, if Wolves can actually use their mailing list and, and send emails out and even if, or even a monthly update, um, like a monthly newsletter, on Wolves women to, to, to people who brought tickets just to keep them updated and hopefully, you know, that can keep the attendance rising so we don't lose attendances and we do keep on building it. Especially when, Matt, when we've got sort of go, go for sort of three weeks without a home game and then have three on the bounce, it'd be useful just to have that sort of something drop into people's inboxes, get sort of making sure they're aware that we're, that Wolves women are still around. Yeah, I think it, I found it quite interesting because we, we spoke about the regular people that go, but I know there was one game earlier this year. I think it was the filed game, that that dreaded game, um, the, the filed home game. And we were due to play Feds that day, weren't we? Mm. And I don't think they communicated very well about um, the Feds game then being postponed and then being replaced by filed at short notice. And I think there was there was a chap behind me that the whole game thought we were playing Feds. <laughs> and he actually called somebody up and said, oh, yeah, we, um, we're, we're losing to Liverpool Feds right now because... The, the communication wasn't necessarily there in terms of the marketing. It also, it's, I think moments like that just make you realise, oh, okay, we're we're diehards, if you like, and um, they they maybe need to communicate better for people that aren't going to check so religiously at, at this kind of stuff. Especially those who aren't on Twitter and things like that, and pick up sort of the the social media aspects who just follow it off the website or something like that, or know from the previous program or whatever. Um, well, that does bring us to the end of uh, part two. It um, we'll be back after the break with the sort of the, the final bits where we look at player of the season and the sort of the other sort of overall players and sort of bits and pieces there, but back after the break. Mm-hmm. 
Welcome back to the third part of this, the 50th edition of the Wolves Women podcast. Um, we've looked back at the sort of the overall sort of team performance over the season. Um, guys, I'll just get you just first of all, just to chuck in what's been your personal highlight of this season? Um, start from yourself, Tom. Um, there's been a few to be fair, it's hard just to name one, isn't it? Um, I think you know, for me, you've got. You know, I think Forest time and away. I think, you know, to to beat the champions, um, home and away was excellent. You can look at the West Ham game playing WSL. Um, but for me, I think one edge is it, and I think it's the Burnley result away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think we found it difficult against Burnley in recent seasons. We haven't been able to beat them. Um, and to go there the way we did, the way that we went about the performance, um, you know, and as I said, you know, we we conceded from a set piece, and many teams who go to Burnley and you know you 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 one nil up, you concede and make it one one. Many teams crumble at that point, and they end up losing two or three, and um, but we didn't, you know, we showed the character in the team to go on and, and find the winner. And for me, that that probably was my personal like that we finally beat Burnley and that that gives us good stead going into next season. So that's the only reason. But there's been there's been many um what we can name including me all forms win as well. So Matt, what's your personal highlight? Yeah, I I agree with that with Tom about the, the Burnley one. You know, it stands in good stead for next year and it's amongst the recent disappointment it, it's a good confidence boost going into that. Um I, I can't believe I'm saying it when it was defeat, but that, that West Ham game um, I was in a, in a good way, you know. You were quite surprised how competitive we were there, and I thought, wow, you know, we we are a championship team here, and we 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 can go toe to toe with with some of the best here. So even though it was a defeat, it felt like a win, and I think I probably celebrated that more than um, how competitive we were, more than some of our wins actually in the league this year. So so that day, just everything about it, the crowd, the atmosphere, it, it was such a good day. Yeah, um, I think they're all sort of valid points. I think, for me, I think there's a couple that as well. I mean, obviously, that's the beating them, them lot down the road on their patch for the first time in what was it twenty odd years, um, was quite is is special, especially how comfortable it was as well. It you know that was really special. I also got to say the Huddersfield game at the Molyneux, um, seeing that patch. I know it wasn't packed, packed, but having four thousand or best part of four thousand people there, um, sunshine, a, a wonderful performance, and the way sort of the t- you know Wolves looked comfortable on that playing surface, play you know out there on a big t- big stage, they could have crumbled under the pressure and sort of the the occasion, but they took it in their stride. I think that was a a really good occasion as well. But as you both say, there's been sort of lots of other occasions. Yeah, you know, like the Burnley game, like the West Ham game, and I think there's been some. I think everyone will have some their own personal highlights this season, which I think shows how good a season it has been. Um, we'll do our annual player of the season vote as well this season. Um, it, it's been tough. We have sort of made it sort of rule that basically it's the players that were there, but sort of by January who were in the in the, the vote, um, just simply so they had a, a reasonable, yeah, sort of a reasonable stint of time at the club and to be in the player of the season vote. Um, there are four players. Um, we'll be running it after this pod has dropped. It's so we'll just run through the players. Um, I'll take it in turns. Oh, I'll ask you both to take it in turns. Um, Tom, if you could start with Tammy George. Yeah, Tammy. 
has had another brilliant season, hasn't it? You know, she's controlled that midfield again. You know, her and Summer always work well in that midfield area. Um, you know, and and all mini now we we seen it the other night. She absolutely controlled it, didn't she? She she's a queen and queen in that midfield in that Molyneux. So yeah, she deserves to be in there. She's come up with some good great goals again this season. And you know, all many, you know, we all know what Tammy does and she's more than goals. Um and yeah, she deserves to be there. Uh, Matt Destiny Toussaint. Yeah, I think she's she's been a real asset, hasn't she? So, um, we we talk about the loss of Amber there, but I think there's been quite a few games this year where Destiny's just she, that experience, and I think she's just been reliable, hasn't she? You know, there's certain games, I think the Huddersfield League Cup game, the um the, the County Cup game against West Brom, where she just popped up in those moments where maybe we, we we're on the edge a little bit, and she's she's really pulled through for us and and, and closed that gap where we've missed Amber. So yeah, she deserves to be in there. Tom, uh, Beth Merrick. Yeah, I think Beth Merrick's had a fantastic season. You know, she's she's improved on on last season's title, um, and I think you know she she's another one that really stepped up when you know Amber was out and, and we lost that quality, and she had to step up and and she really did. And yeah, I think that you know for me personally, she's my player of the season. But yeah, I think I think she's had an amazing season and. Ultimately, you know, well, I think the other week she says that she felt she left the team down, but she hasn't, you know, she's been outstanding this season. I think, you know, she's won numerous Player of the Month awards as well, and she's so the fans have recognised um, her, her performances week in, week out. So, yeah, ultimately, she deserves to be there. And finally, Matt, Anna Morfitt. Yeah, she's another one that, that, that's reliable, you know, um, I think. Kind of captain material in there at the back, you know. She's a she's a mainstay in that in that defence and adjusting to a back four as well. You knew she was always going to slot in quite comfortably. And now we've got a versatile option at, at left centre back and left back, which is great. And as we know, with the how many goals did we say fourth top scorer? So um, a lot of goals in there. That that means we've got a centre back as one of our top scorers in the league. Yeah, uh, as I said, we'll run the vote. We'll let, and obviously we'll have a look to try award presentation at uh, early stages of next season, either in the, the final preseason game or a first game of the season. But I think we'll, you know, the vote will be out for for you, the listeners of the pod, to, to vote and decide. Uh, it was a hotly fought contest last season, so I'm sure it'll be a, another hotly fought contest this season. Um, looking sort of wider sort of performances of players. Um, I'm just going to ask you, sort of, guys, just almost quick, bit of a quick fire. Um, Tom, who's been your most improved player this season? Um, there's been a few, but I think for me, I would say KJ. I think you know she she's really improved on what she was last season. She's coming late last season as well. You know, after being in loan in T4, and to see her progression. And the way she's come back into his squad and, and she took that form um from like last season into this. And for me, I think, yeah, she is to see her just to see her progression of where she's come from and where she is now. For me, she's she's been the most improved. Matt, who's most improved for you? Yeah, I I, I think we we asked this ourselves in our in our group chat and I forgot what answers I said, so I'm gonna say something totally different. Um uh, most improved, Beth Merrick. Um I think she hit the ground running. Um, this year, where she she took a little bit of time to get going when she she first signed for the club last year. So, um, yeah, another one that's been reliable and um, kind of produced it in the in the goals and assists this year. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Tom. I think KJ's been, um, you know, sort of one of those players that uh, 
really sort of stepped up, having had a, a, a loan last season out at Leafield. Um, I think she's been an absolute valuable asset to the team and really come on leaps and bounds and shows the, the benefit of the loan market or loaning her out. Um, Matt, most underrated player? Um, I'll, I'll go with H. I think, you know, she's been, she's been captain this year. So I think personally within the squad, she's obviously not underrated, but maybe doesn't get enough um, shout outs probably from the fan base or whatever because she just quietly goes about her, her business. But she's, she's absolutely solid in the middle. Tom, most underrated? Echo what Matt says for me, it's H. Um, you know, I think that she's been our unsung hero. You know, she's chipped in with goals. Um, you know, she scored some goals at crucial times when we needed to step up as well in her quality as well. So, for me, H, yeah, without a doubt. Clean sweep, H it is. Um, this is going to be the tough one. Tom, signing of the season. Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? Um I was torn between the two. I think, you know, you've got Destiny Tucson, who has been absolutely amazing, showed a quality in, you know, got quite a few goals this season as well. And, you know, you've got, for me, Beth Roberts as well. I know she's coming late, um, but, you know, she's settled in and, and that partnership with, with Beth Merrick um, down that left-hand side. And, you know, she's been brilliant, and she? And she's helped us revert from a back five, so I speaking to a back four. Um, but for me, I'm gonna go with Destiny just for the fact that you know she's been here here the longest. But it's it's a tight call. But for me, it's gonna be Destiny. Matt, yeah, I know she, I know she's going late, but I'm gonna go with Beth Roberts just because purely she did let her settle down into that back four, and I think um, Destiny's been reliable. But when you think of Beth Roberts and her age and what she can bring to us going forward as well, I think that's that she's gonna be such a key player for us, and she was this year as well uh, in that second half of the season. So yeah, Beth Roberts for me. Well, I'm torn. I, I think you're both right on both on both those players, and obviously Norm coming in very late as well as another excellent contender for that as well. Um, simply because she's been here all season, destiny for me. Um, I think that's the um, for me is the the one. Um, not quite. The, so on the other end of that scale, then the one that didn't quite work out this season, Matt. Uh, yeah, chase me out on this one too. I'm going to go uh, Nina Wilson. Um, one, obviously, we didn't see we didn't see a lot of her, but two, also just I still think we're scratching our head over it. You know, we 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 also Shan Turner as our number one keeper, and we had the chopping and changing with her and Beck, and then Nina come in as well, and it all felt very weird uh, to tell you the truth. And thankfully, at the end of the year, you know, we got Shan settled back in goal again, but it it all just seemed quite strange, and obviously, didn't work out. Tom, one that didn't work out for you. Um, for me, it was Bennett Steele. Um, I think you know we we called, we signed her. She didn't really get much opportunities. Uh, we didn't get to see much of her, did we? Um, to be fair, and I think we've seen more of her in an Albion shirt. Uh, this season when we having a Wolf shirt. Um, so for me, I think it was just Lizzie Bennett Steele. It just never really worked out for her, did it? Yeah, I think. Lizzie's, I've got two almost. Sort of one is Lizzie Bennett Steele. As you say, sort of, she scored more goals for West Brom than against us than she scored for us all seat all the time she's played for us. Um, the other one, and it's a different, completely different reason, um, is Maz Tahoe because I thought she had something that really would have been really good and really useful for us. Um, certainly going forward, lots sort of long term, and obviously just with Maz Tahoe's sort of work taking away from the area. Um, obviously, it didn't quite work out there um, for us as that way, um, and which is a shame. 
Um, but those are sort of my two. Um, but yeah, so we'll wait and see. Um, gents, that's a, a wrapping up of another great episode and a bit of a marathon one there. Um, have we missed anything of noteworthiness or importance? Um, Matt? I don't think so. I think it will go on for six hours if, we, if we've missed more. <laughs> Tom? Yeah, I just want to say um, farewell to Megan as well, who obviously leaves the club um, after all the hard work in, in the media. So thanks, Megan, and good luck in the future. Yeah, I echo that. Um, Meg, Megan Gabbert has been an absolute star for the last two years with, with Wolves Women and the media department. And it's, a, it's well, we'll come on to sort of the whole sort of what, what's going on wider piece. But I think, you know, it's a real shame that Megan's uh, leaving and going on to Pastures New. And I think it's, it says a lot about how Maka sort of wished her all the best at the end of of his final interview of the season. Um, so all the best, Megan, from all of us at the Wolves Women podcast. Um, so we'll just say our final goodbyes. Obviously, please do give us a five-star review. Um, you know, five stars for every time we put, put a goal past West Brom, obviously. Um, please do follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And if you wish to drop us an email, please do. Um, Good, I'll have the goodbyes from Matt. Yeah, goodbye. Thanks for listening. Goodbye from Tom. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening this season. And goodbye from myself. Goodbye. And up the mighty wolves. Mm-hmm.